Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters. Stephanie. Hey, hon. So... Busy week, busy week. I am just getting back from an investors conference. The what was it called? Vancouver Resource Investor Conference. So it was a really interesting conference. Several thousand people uh, were there. Got to hang out with some really cool people, and also look at another industry: resource being precious metals copper, you know, junior miners, that kind of thing. I went there because there was a lot of great speakers that I happened to follow and pay attention to. So it was, uh, it was a great couple of days. Well, you know, we missed you here, you know, on the compound. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I'm super excited because, like, people like Lynette Zhang, I've been listening to her forever when it comes to silver, gold, the Bitcoin conversation. I love that stuff. Jay Martin, like, he puts on a great show. Yeah, Jay Martin, Lynette Zhang, Mark Moss, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, who else was there? Rick Rule. I mean, there's a lot of guys there. I talked to uh, many of them and uh, may have some surprise guests coming up for the Everyday Millionaire podcast. So uh, looking forward to that. But it was great. It was kind of a nice uh, outside perspective of, you know, getting out of real estate, but also getting into a different world, a different, you know, thought process when it comes to investing. So it was great. It was, uh, it was really quite enjoyable. And again, it was, you know, meeting some great people and uh, listening to some amazing talks, if you will, and perspectives on what's going on economically. And, and that's one of the reasons that I, you know, that's another reason I went was because they give a really cool look at what's going on you know, economically at a global macro and dig, they really unpack what's going on in the U.S. from their perspective and they have some views of that versus Canada. So it was lots of interesting and insightful information and very interesting conversations. Saw some RAIN members there, of course, and, you know, they were there looking at resources outside of real estate. So anyways, that's kind of a, it was a busy couple of days. That's not even including RAIN member meetings and, keynote in between and yeah, so lots going on doing a couple of videos for a rain channel busy week busy it's gonna be great and then i leave for china on sunday yeah and you leave for china so there you go welcome to the francie household a little bit of a you know <laughs> we've had about 15 minutes to uh, you know debrief anyways so let's get on with the show what are we going to talk about we got a couple of uh, topics that you know I wanted to hit on and a lot of it was driven as a reminder as well into what we call motion versus action and that was you know on the uh, you know also supported by a couple conversations I had with some of the speakers at the event and that was neat then I want to talk about what else we got on there we got 
creating versus consuming. And that's also part of that conversation. And we're going to fold in a little bit of the champion's paradox. All of this will come together in this show this week. Where do you want to kick right. off? Three, two, one. <laughs> no, it's all going to come together because it's all about understanding that the duality of what happens in our mind when we're trying to hold opposing thoughts. You know, we think about cognitive bias or cognitive dis dissonance or, or what have you, is that in order to move our lives forward, we have to have the ability to hold opposing thoughts in our mind. And one of the things I love about the work that we've done over the last, I don't know, five, seven years, is that we've learned about different conversations. And the biggest one that really hit me was the creating versus consuming. Who are we in our life right now? Are we creating? Are we creating what's next? Are we creating? Are we active? Are we giving? Or are we just consumers? And that one hit me like between the eyes, like a ton of bricks. It's like, let's have, let's talk about creating and consuming. Well, we get into, I guess, the, the real weeds of that conversation, because when we look at, you know, that came up over the course of the weekend, creating versus consuming. But let's just kind of break it down and pull on that thread a little bit. When we look at Canada as a country, for example, you know, I'm very vocal about the fact that we are not a productive country. We just are not. Our manufacturing has been trending down for years. Our research and development, we do very, very little. We kind of farm it out to let the U.S. pay for it, and then we just use what the U.S. gives us. And it's not that we're at zero, but it's we're not nearly where we should be in either manufacturing or R&D. The point of it is, and we're certainly not and have trended away from productivity in terms of our resources, oil and gas being one of them, but all of our resources. I mean, Canada is a resource-rich country, and it's like it's the best-kept secret or something. I don't know. It's not even a secret. We're just not doing what we need to do. It's all to say this. We're not productive. We're not in what we would call creative mode, and we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, we are really into consumer mode. We are a consumer, and in, to add to that, we're a debt-driven consumer economy, we depend a lot on consumerism, and it's really what drives us. Housing's been a huge part of that for many years with low interest rates, et cetera. But that's the consumerism side of it. And lines of credit, we could pull the future into the present. We could borrow money to have the house that we didn't have, or the, have the renovation, or to have the boat, or have the bike, or the car, or whatever. We were able to pull the future into the present by consuming using debt. So debt and consumerism drives our economy, so it's on a bigger picture. And then creating. I hold creating as productivity. But then let's go down to the next level. Well, what the hell are you guys talking about? What does that even mean to somebody who's listening? So do you want to take it on? Well, we have to ask the question, are you creating or are you consuming? Mm -hmm. And we look at you know the ethical and moral stands that people are taking right now ecologically and with the climate and all that kind of don't get me going on that bs but ultimately we need to as human beings decide if we're creating are we contributing are we are we bringing what forward what we know are we taking action on what we believe or are we just taking are we just consuming are we you know it's funny you know we were talking about it earlier when we were talking about the the topic is that We've decided to be, you know, with the grandparents, with Alyssa and Monty, we're those grandparents that give presents that are 
activities or they are lessons or they're things like piano lessons, skating lessons. We're the, those, that grandparent. So we want them to create. And I remember thinking, you know, back in, I don't know, five or six, seven years ago, and somebody asked me what I wanted for Christmas or what I wanted for my birthday. I go, something that I can consume. You know, I don't want to have anything left over. So there's two different ways of looking at it. So as a creator, as a coach, I think we're both creating. We, we both try to contribute. We, we both try to make a difference. But at the same time, I don't want to leave a big footprint. So anything that comes into our world, I want to make sure that we consume or we uh, transmute or we transform or we basically recycle into the what's next. So I think it's an important conversation when we think about are we creating or are we consuming? Well, we, you know, I think as a, in general, we look at, you know, consumer, you know, we, we consume stuff, we buy stuff, we consume it, right? But we consume information, we consume uh, social media posts, we consume internet, Netflix, we consume content. So we consume a lot of things. The other side of that coin is, okay, so what are you actually creating? Are you are you consuming, you know, horsepower? Are you consuming other people's time? Or are you bringing your time to a conversation? What are you doing to create? Are you being productive? Are you uh, bringing ideas to the table? Are you taking action and actually moving things forward? And there's a another part of the conversation we kind of touched on when we first opened up about about motion versus action. And when you look at, for example, we have events. I mean, we've held hundreds of events over the years. I've been to events. And you get all this information. You consume information. You consume other, you consume knowledge. You gain knowledge, but you consume it. Now then, the course, of course, on top of that, you have to say, well, why did I consume that? Am I going to take it and put it into action, which is actually the creative side of that particular equation? So we spend a lot of time consuming things. We are in motion. It feels like we are in action, but in fact, we're not in action. We're still in motion consuming. Now, that's all good, by the way, but at some point, if you're fooling yourself into thinking that you're actually taking action, because that's where the confusion sets in, if you will, is that, well, no, I'm studying and I'm doing all these things. Well, no, you're in motion and you're not creating. So you're not taking that knowledge. You're not moving forward. In fact, taking action. So I'll give you an example. I went to the investor resource conference. It was fantastic. And I look at it and I consumed a lot of knowledge. I consumed a lot of conversation. You know, I spoke with many. Now, when I look at that, I go, okay, so that's the motion part. Well, what was the action part of it? Well, first off, I have to go, okay, what am I going to do with that knowledge? So I'm going to put that knowledge to work. I already have a plan, you know, figured out in terms of what I want to do. I am going to, and I have already invited several guests onto the show, which will bring, you know, which will create content for listeners for the show. And so that's, you know, action on top of motion. So out of the motion came action, out of the consumption came creation. So I don't know if I'm putting it in the right context, but, you know, to give people, uh, you know, listeners here to give them a question for themselves, are you consuming or are you creating? Is there a balance of both? And are you confident in the fact that if you look at the consumption or the also being in motion part of that equation, are you then taking it and applying it? 
And uh, I'll stop there. I got lots to say about it. But what's your thoughts on that? You know, I as you're talking, I'm thinking about how many times I've seen people just moving things around. Like you think about moving one thing to another place or taking something. And so there's this whole motion. So it gives you the feeling that you're taking action. It also gives you the feeling of being busy. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so busy, busy, busy. I'm moving things around. I'm yeah. having conversations, but nothing's actually changing. Mm -hmm. And what I love is action. I'm like, I would rather not talk and discuss things. I would rather just do stuff. It's just to me more fulfilling and it makes a difference. So when, when I heard the term motion versus action, I just realized how much I've tolerated people just moving things around and then telling me how, you know, productive they are. And then whether I'm paying them or where, you know, it's a, it's staff members, but they're actually not producing anything. They're just moving things around and it's, and it, and it's like a painting a busy picture. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things around that. You know, I had that conversation over the course of the weekend, which was, you know, a couple of them. And one of which was there is a time to step back and just sharpen your saw. And we'll call that consuming, you know, where you're actually preparing, you're gaining, you're taking on, you're picking up knowledge, you're speaking with people, you're, you're gaining more knowledge in order to create a plan and put a plan to work. But at some point, you got to stop sharpening the saw and just start cutting wood. And therein lies the, the challenge that many face. So it's, we go through phases, and there's no doubt that we've certainly been consumers in that regard, motion versus action. You can sometimes find yourself caught in there realizing that, and I think for me, it's like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is not moving the ball forward at all. You know, I'm not gaining anything here. Stop it. And you know what? Uh, a really interesting insight. So I had a big, long conversation with Mark Moss, who's, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to having him on the show in the future. Uh, he's excited about doing the show. But, you know, it's it really is about getting caught. You know, he works, he has lots of coaching clients that he he's worked with over the years. And he says he finds it very you know, frustrating. He just questions. He goes, here I am. I'm giving all I'm creating. He's in that creation mode and he struggle struggles because he comes up with clients that are in the motion, but they just don't take action. And he finds that very, you know, frustrating, certainly as a coach. But when you start to look at the creating side of it, that moving forward, that actually cutting wood and getting things done, there's something behind that which came up was people are all searching. We, I think we all are. At some point, we're searching to just to be happy. You know, what do we want? You know, you know, if you say to your, you know, what do you want for your kids? You go, I want them to be healthy and I want them to be health happy. That first and foremost, the rest will fall into play, right? But if we could get them to be healthy and happy, we'd, we'd, be, we'd be happy, right? And, and, and as individuals, what makes us happy? And somebody broke it down, and I don't know what speaker it was, and he said it really articulately, very simply, what makes us happy is progress. Yeah. Full stop. And if you're in motion, it makes you feel busy. It can fool you into thinking you're doing something, and you're all happy in the I guess the consumption of things or the gaining more knowledge, but where the real happiness lives is in progress. So at some point you have to go, am I making progress? And if the answer is no, or if the answer is not the kind of progress I was hoping to make or wanting to make, then you got to step back and take a look at what it is that you've got going on. Thoughts? Oops. 
there you go. That actually puts it in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, when you think about motion versus action, how much motion there is when people think they're actually, you know, I, I, I actually, I, I don't want to, you know, throw any, anybody under the bus, but how much we've paid people just to move things around. I don't look at it. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, I think that's the the challenge that any employer faces. I only look at it from my point of view as I, that's kind of my own operational stuff that I have to deal with and, or you have to deal with. I, I look at it, where am I in being in motion as opposed to being in action? So if back to, you know, paying people to do it, that's on me. You know, I've, I've got the wrong people or I hired the wrong person. So for me, the conversation really is about what am I doing and am I actually in motion or in action? So being aware of that, I think there's not so much an awareness of it as an understanding of it so that at some point you do, in fact, quit sharpening the saw. you got to start cutting wood. And maybe the wood doesn't cut as fast as you want or it's harder work than you, you know, well, I should have sharpened the saw more, maybe. But at the end of the day, you're moving forward and there's a lot of joy, I guess, or happiness that comes from making progress. And that's the key in that regard. So if you're wondering if why you're maybe being unhappy, being frustrated, uh, not achieving, are you really in motion or really in action? Or are you still in motion, fooling yourself into thinking you're action, you're in action? You know, it's one thing to well, go think to. About, go ahead. Yeah. So think about how many workshops you've done or we've done over the years and, and paid money to go and be taught by the the best of the best and then come home and we try to put things into product yeah. into productivity into action right away yeah but that's not i don't think that's the case for everybody there's that caffeine high that happens at the end of a workshop you know they and that's the motion piece you can go to a tony robbins event and get super fired up and excited and four days of you know all that stuff and then come home and crash and yeah, then I don't nothing know. You know, you look you at know? Tony, you look at Tony, that's Tony has great results, though. So but if you have a stadium of 5000, how many people are actually taking it and applying it? And I don't know the answer to that question. I know that in that conversation with Mark, you know, we got into the into, you know, a discussion about some people come in and they want to be coached, but they, they're not coachable. They don't know how to be coached. So then that goes to a conversation that you and I have had around. We're not. We're, we're coaches, not coaxes. If you're looking to be coaxed, we're, you're, you're probably not in the right space. If you're looking to be coaxed, those are two different types of people that are there to support you. Uh, we're not interested in coaxing. And, you know, certainly we can give encouraging words. But if you're coachable, you start to take action. You start to apply, you know, the guidance and or you go through the discussion. You come to the awarenesses that you come through and then you put in the correction. You know, that really is what it's all about in that regard. So motion versus action. You know, I went to the event this weekend. I, you know, it cost me what it cost me. I look at that and go, okay, okay, I need to, you know, 10x this number in order for me to get real value of it. So I'm inspired to take action. You know, we went to the vault event with Patrick Bed David, you know, spent, you know, Paid a lot of money for that, but I came back and we both came back and we said, okay, how do we get a return on that investment? So we put things into action. So that's really what the kind of context of this particular discussion is about motion versus action, consuming versus creative, creating. They go together. Now, the final kind of segment I want to do in this is the champion's paradox. And I think, you know, it takes a little bit to 
kind of weave this in, but it's all part of the same conversation, I think. In the case of the champions paradox, we are using athletes as the example, but you know, you have to consider that you've worked with many, many athletes that have spent a lifetime to go to an Olympics or go to a world and literally they compete and it's a, you know, it's a weekend or a four or five day event, but ultimately they compete. They win a gold, they win a silver, they win a bronze or they don't, but let's say they win a medal. And we've had these conversations before what's on the other side of that medal. In other words, okay, uh, I got the medal. I got the medal. Now what? It's, and it happens that fast. You know, you've certainly had way more experience. I, I, I'm out of school talking about it, but I have had the experience where, you know, within six hours, you know, silver medalists are going, now what? What the hell? Yeah. What's next? Right? It's like, hold on. You just spent years getting here. You got it. How about right. we well, just- that's the fantasy, right? Like you have to understand your why and and the why has to be bigger than winning the medal. Mm-hmm. Because when you're standing at the top of the podium and you hear your national anthem, you know, come up, the flag is up there, you're singing, got your hand on your heart and everything that you've done to this point finally has come to fruition. And then there's the moment. The music stops, the flag comes down. You step off the podium, you stand there with your flowers and your medal, you skate around and you hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Next thing you know, they're pushing you off the ice. The door opens, the Zamboni comes out, they clean the ice, and then they're already into their what's next. And you're standing there going, what just happened? Now it's what? It's over? Mm-hmm. It's over. And the thing is, you know, if we're not preparing ourselves as human beings, as business owners, as athletes, for the what's next. So it's the other side of the medal. What's happening as you step down off the podium or you close the deal. It's the biggest deal of your life and you're super excited. And then what? So that's that caffeine high or that hook or that adrenaline that is going to drive you forward. But the truth is sometimes you get to a point where it's over. Mm-hmm. And who are you being if you're no longer standing on the top of the podium and you spent the last 12 years, 15, 16, two decades, building that moment and then it's over and that's what nobody teaches you and it's hilarious you know i've talked to athletes about that you know just casually sometimes they go well i don't want to talk about that because you know that's superstitious or i don't want to be negative well it's not being negative it's being pragmatic it's being responsible and it's being really connected to your why like why are you doing this because you know it's going to be over well i don't want to talk about that and to me, that's when you see athletes doing comebacks because they were incomplete or they didn't have the experience they wanted to have in that moment is because they didn't tell the full truth about the why, about what they're doing. And I know that I'm not popular <laughs> in, the, in that realm because I want to have that conversation. I want to be the space that whether it's athletes, business people going, okay, so now you've completed that, you've achieved that. Who are you being? Are you still going to be that once you've won the medal, once you've closed the deal, once you've, you know, had the most important moment of your life? It's like we talked before is that you spent all this time planning the wedding, but five seconds planning the marriage. Or you spent all this time talking about winning the Olympic medal, but not where you're going to live 
when you're no longer training in the city that you won the medal in? Like, what what is that conversation if we're not happy? Like, for me as a coach, I think it's irresponsible to not have the conversation about that champion's paradox. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, you know, thing that we see, which goes back to, you know, so often the conversations that many people will, or the statement they'll make, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. And there's a there's a couple of things around that. First off, you know, you're living into, so I'll be happy when I win a medal. So you should be probably really happy when you're training to win the medal too. If you're, I'll be happy when we get this deal done and get it over the line. I get all that, but along the way you have to be, are you being happy about the creating that you're doing, the action that you're taking, the difference that you're making, whatever that might be. So there's, that. that is the other side of it is that to me, when you look at, if we use that champion's paradox, that medal kind of metaphor, if you will, is that you get it and then what's on the other side of it. And so first off, celebrate it 100%. And are you thinking about what's next or is it just going to show up and then you're going to react to it? I think that's about what you're saying in this particular scenario. That's, I think, what you're talking about as well is that are you, in fact, looking beyond the future? And I guess some people don't want to, you know. Some will say, I just need to get there and then I'll decide. And that's, I think, a reasonable thought process, you know, but that's a decision. That's a decision. It's totally a decision. And then, you know, the only thing is, is it is that are you going to then turn around and make the whole journey wrong? You know, the people didn't support you properly. They didn't give you the right coaching or the, all of a sudden they didn't have the conversation about helping you around your what's next. And that's the biggest thing I see is the is that disconnect between everybody's trying, you know, their hardest to to win and to be the best in the world at what they're doing. And then there's me over here going, and we have to talk about, you know, where are you going to live after and how are you going to make a living? And if you're not winning prize money, what, what's that going to look like? Are you doing shows? What? So the paradox in that is that you don't want to pull them out of the moment in the sense that you need to focus. Like the training that it takes to be world and Olympic champion is off the charts, absolutely off the charts that it takes, the focus, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical training that it takes to be that. I get it. But I think when we're, to, you know, think about our shift clients or the clients that we've got coming to, to Think Tank, like we're going to be having those conversations about who you're going to be when you're not this or something just like in those moments, those coachable moments, those transition transitionary moments where we have to have the skills that we need to like link from who we were as a champion to who we're going to be just as a regular person. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a very, very important conversation and it's not easy to have. Well, and this goes back to the whole theme for us for 2024, which is clarity equals velocity. Having these conversations, going through this and having this thought, these thought processes, you know, questioning, uh, am I in motion or am I in action? Am I just doing busy work or am I, you know, am I still believing that sharpening the saw is necessary before I cut wood or am I cutting or am I sharpening the saw thinking I'm actually taking action? No, you're not. Just remember until you start Cutting wood, you're just sharpening the saw. And then creating and consuming. You know, are we just consuming and not moving forward or are we actually creating? Are we bringing 
our skills. That's creation. You know, are we bringing our skills? Are we owning our contribution? You know, these are all things that are just reflection, moments in time to sit back and go, okay, where am I in my life? What am I doing? Uh, how is this career going? How is this business evolving? What do I need to do? Am I, am I grounded in my purpose? Am I enjoying the journey? These are all, of course, questions that lend itself to clarity. And when you're clear, you start to pick up speed. And that's where velocity starts to uh, come into play. And that's how we move forward. Anything you want to add to this before we wind it down? I think the last thing is from a, a, a consuming thing is that every time you take a course, read a book, listen to a podcast, you are consuming. So it may feel like you're taking action, but there is a place where until you take even one small step in the direction of your goal, you're still consuming. So it doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to, how many courses you go to, how many, you know, books you read. I mean, we, we've got the shelf help book, you know, the shelf help um, thing that we talk about all the time is that, but that feels like you're taking action, but it's really consuming until you have the courage just to stop for a minute and take action. One small action in the direction of your goal, you're still consuming, you're not creating. You know, yeah, something just to add, you know, one of the guys I talked to at the event, he uh, he had done, he'd worked with uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And so we've oh, talked wow. many times about yeah. Benjamin Hardy, you know, and he was working on his most, he had did a program with uh, Benjamin Hardy on his latest book. I think it's called 2X is Easier Than 10X or Just As Easy or I, I don't know the title of that book. We often talk about the gap and the gain, but and a couple of other of his books. But the point is, is that talk about consuming a book. So Benjamin Hardy put a program together for his coaching clients. And what they did was they spent six weeks on that book. And, you know, he said it was unbelievable to, you know, unpack a book at that level. He said, I would have read the book over a couple of days and I would have put it back on my shelf. And, you know, Bob's your uncle, you know, done. He goes, this was such a next level, you know, interpretation of the book, how to put it to action, what to do. It was over six weeks and they, it was like a couple hours a week they spent with uh, Benjamin Hardy, Dr. Benjamin Hardy on this program, something along that lines. It was really quite remarkable, but he said, that's the way to consume a book. And, uh, you know, he said it was really, really remarkable. So uh, I share that as an example of just what you can do when it comes to holding yourself and getting held accountable after you do something. You know, you consume it. Okay, get to work. Love it. I love it. That's all I got. Good job. Yeah. Let's, uh, come on. Let's uh, wind the weekend down, babe. Okay, I'm wound down. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going into the weekend. Thanks, awesome. everybody. I hope this was helpful. Uh, seems a little herky-jerky today, but... No, it was good. I love this conversation. That was fun. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, 
If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.